Hey there, and welcome to the third episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barra Carlin, and today we'll be chatting with two awesome people, Greg and Ryan, from the awesome band Brass Phantoms. Uh, I've known Greg and Ryan for quite a while now, um, from meeting them around town and from even seeing Brass Phantoms live, so it was really, really fun having them on. Um, I normally at this point would explain what type of music the person that I'm going to be interviewing says uh, plays, but uh, Brass Phantoms came up with their own fairly unique description, which you'll hear in a little bit. So <laughs> I'll leave that to use. Anyway, so uh, today we'll be chatting about the band's beginnings, their interests, why they love making art, a uh, few gig stories and tour stories, all that kind of carry on. And of course, we'll be chatting about the band's brilliant debut album, Holding Out for Horrors, which was released last year. I won't give any more further information away. So without further ado, it's Theme Music Time, made by Zach Stevenson. phantoms and say the first question is for anybody who doesn't know the band how would you describe your sound i had a good word for this what was it acid punk uh, acid punk dream pop was what we called it i think we were drunk coming up did you throw throw some fuzz in there as well acid fuzz Uh, jazz punk pop I didn't, but I like fuzz. So let's go acid fuzz, dream pop. <laughs> acid fuzz. Acid fuzz, screw, dream pop. <laughs> screw, screw punk, everyone's punk. No, I guess um, it's 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 indie rock. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> in, in, the, in, in the dream just... of finding our own little niche, uh, we've decided to just go with the absurd, straight for the absurd, and to hide what we truly are. Uh, yeah. And yeah, well, sure, why not? Like... Ilk with the national and the Interpols and such. <laughs> that's what people said and uh, no, i think um the for what we sound like there's two guitarists there's keys there's drums there's bass and there's some uh wholesome vocals from mr cashel here as well so um <laughs> nothing nothing too extravagant unfortunately do you know how you've synth as well don't you it was, oh, yeah synth, synth yeah yeah, key, I, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 colleen yeah. does uh synth yeah, yeah, keys yeah, yeah. so like when when did you guys first form um, cause I know you had music in 2017, but you were going before that even again, weren't you? Like way before that. Uh, I met Ryan, at McCabe, the drummer. I met Ryan at his 18th, which would have been like 2013. And then, um, we probably had a jam a couple of months after that, I'd say, Ryan. Yeah, okay. uh, it, it initially started off, I think, myself and James were messing about, we went to school together, and um, we were looking for a drummer, and uh, we got in contact with this guy, he was like, oh, I love playing drums, but I don't want to play drums with you guys, because I'm in loads of bands, but you should get in contact with this dude, Adam McCabe, uh, and we met up with Adam McCabe, and he came, he came around with a guitar, first of all, for <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, do you guys listen to Queens of Stone Age? And we're like, 
guy's mental. Um, so yeah, we we started jamming with him. We, we just started messing around like the Fingless Youth Center jamming space because I think it was free. And um, it was that yeah, McCabe's oh, birthday right, myself yeah. and Greg met. I think I, I, I Greg was like jamming away to something, and I think it was like uh, Little Islands. Uh, Julian Casablanca was it, what's the name of the song with? Uh, uh, Lonely, Lonely, Island. Island. Lonely Island, yeah. Was it you that or Libertines? Oh, yeah. uh, Boombox. Boombox, that's the one, yeah. And we started talking about the libs and the, all the boys, and uh, yeah, it's been a, a fond love ever since. <laughs> yeah, so it was like uh, Ryan and James had these songs, and they wanted they were doing gigs and had no no one to play some of the guitar parts. So then, um, because I was in a band with Adam, they were like, oh, can you get Greg? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I just kind of started out uh like playing a couple of what were at the time their songs and then after probably two or three rehearsals we were there writing a few tunes together and um then uh like any sensible person i was like hey i'm not letting these dudes take credit for my tunes no i'm kidding <laughs> uh, so um so then they uh they they stole me from another band basically yeah you and McCabe. okay i'm okay <laughs> And so when when did you first start like uh, like gigging and and actually recording music? Then was that soon after or uh, it was maybe twenty twelve, was it twenty fourteen? No, maybe. no, no, fourteen, fourteen. Yeah, we 14. did an EP in like tw- we did that EP in twenty fourteen, um, and probably released that in yeah. the summer. And then I don't think that like that didn't really do. It got like I think it got some stuff on the radio in twenty fifteen, and then I think we got some money from the radio or all these to go and record city walls and stuff and then that was like yeah, okay yeah. now we're a band because we have better songs <laughs> yeah so kind of it, it, it picked up in the second half of 2015 rolled into 2016 i would say and then um then we started having some fun and what was i th- there's is a one ep or two that you don't actually have up on spotify at the moment uh it, it's actually two, that was the yeah. first one Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about the other one. <laughs> 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 That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um basically so we had the first CP up and then that was like uh you know, I think like one of the tracks had like a thousand streams, that kind of thing, so I wasn't really doing much and then um then we released the City of Wolves EP and City of Wolves kinda did that started uh that was getting out there a lot more. City of Wolves was the first song I heard by you guys, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the same for probably everyone who heard us really um so that kind of uh started picking up a bit more and we released that with an ep but um we did a re-release for city of wolves and at the time uh, i think we had to take down this the previous ep to do the re-release which was um in, in hindsight a little bit of a pain but like it was the right it was it was for it was uh the motives were well we're, we're good yeah, at the like, time, I guess. I guess even now at the moment, I, I wouldn't be against re-releasing them anyway for people to get an idea what, because I know a lot of people still liked a lot of those old songs, but that'd be something yeah. maybe to think about closer to the end of all the lockdown madness. So yeah, as yeah, an excuse yeah. to gig. <laughs> 10 year anniversary of the first EP, man. But uh, when, uh, when I first heard about it, it was because you said that you went through like a stylistic uh, change in the band at all. So you felt that, like Ryan, you said that. So I was wondering like, what was the what was the change that happened that kind of like suddenly spurred on like a whole new sound for the band? Oh, there was, um, 
I, uh, the, the, the brutal honesty was that like there was this uh, <laughs> that Greg probably was thinking about now uh, we released the first EP and we really dug it it was really it was we, we, it was kind of like cool sort of garage indie sort of thing and um, we put it up on Bandcamp and this guy loved it and reviewed it it was like cool he's like oh, I'm going to put it on our podcast and uh, these guys ripped this EP apart like <laughs> like we were like oh, really what? young and like <laughs> these guys oh that's horrible shreds. oh no it worked out well but he was just like oh look at these guys someone needs to tell them that, that the strokes ended 10 years ago and all this and you're like oh god Jesus. so yeah so we went through like a little bit of a music change after that it was sort of, it was like, I, I don't think I, I wouldn't I wouldn't credit those guys with changing the sound no. I think that was that was more like that was more kind of that was a bit of an anecdote, but I think like, uh, yeah, that, there was all that <laughs> kind of shit. But then I think um, it definitely just kind of playing together more as well. Like, uh, like I was, I barely had a guitar pedal. I probably had one or two when I started playing with them and then it were brass phantoms. And then like when we started recording, it was like, oh, get some gear. And then just like, as you get that, your sound grows from something as simple as that. And then playing together more, it goes from like, it stopped being a thing of like I have a song idea this is how we're gonna play it or Ryan has a song and here are the parts and it became more of a thing of like um just bringing ideas into the rehearsal room and working on them together so that that I think so it was um as much as I'd um uh maybe 50% partial credit to some dicks on some podcasts that nobody ever heard um and then 50% of Goes to time. <laughs> but 2014, 2014, you would have been what? Like, that's horrible. 18, 18, 19 years. Well, I'm just. Yeah. But like, I think like the good, the good thing, the good thing with us is like, I think even from the first time I would have met Ryan or James, it's like, it never been, you know, it's, it's um even the serious conversations that we have had would, would still kind of have a, a comedic undertone, I guess. So it's yeah. always like a, yeah, anything okay. like that was always like, that was that, that kind of thing became a point of uh that like if anything if anyone ever hated something like there, there's a little bit of you is like man fuck that guy you're angry with it. Then, uh, <laughs> like overall overall it became a joke nah, yeah. that that was not even even yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead Ryan. and even like it, when we it's it sort of it's looked back in a sort of comedic sense because we took it but it, it wasn't something that destroyed it was something that very much like we're like yeah, okay yeah. like we'll we'll keep going with this um but as well as, as greg was saying like um for maybe it was probably like a year you and McCabe weren't really like fully members yet and I think we had the conversation I, that really changed it all as well because as well, oh, I, played, when... I played um I played super hard to get for like six months <laughs> yeah <laughs> very hard to get I had to, I, I had to like take uh, McCabe out on a, an artist's day uh just to give you a little flashback um yeah just to, we we drank many Arthur's Guinness day. and then Jesus. I still nearly broke them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. So like from from all that for the EP to talk, I'm talking about now the uh, holding out for horrors, which came out in mm. September, which was the album, obviously, like the de- debut debut album. I was just wondering, Our like, what was like, the Carlin. process in making that album? Yeah, I work by myself. <laughs> yeah, there, I did do the uh, album for it, which I was delighted with when it came out. No, no we problem. love it. Thank you. Thanks for paying um, me. <laughs> thank you for doing it <laughs> but, um, no, no, I, I genuinely i love i love when i was asked was very touched well because i know i did the single before but um 
mm. when it came out and everything i was delighted to have done it it was it was i was really and i love i love the artwork from it i loved the artwork myself as well so which is always yeah it was it, to... it was just just well, on that note it was like because you did the first single and i think that's like uh that's a picture of adam and the idea was that uh yeah it's adam five yeah, track. yeah yeah so the idea would have been there there would have been five tracks released and there was like different portraits of each member and it would have been this was for this track but uh unfortunately like the way things went last year we were like right can't really be doing yeah it, there was the release plans obviously changed so it just became a thing of um yeah, yeah. cracking on with the album artwork so unfortunately you didn't get to do five or six different different pictures but we loved the one that you did anyway so worked out thank you very much well i was very yeah ah, no problem at all um yeah like it must be weird releasing an album over the course of this whole thing like um, not being able to even just do a gig to promote it or anything. It was I still received unusual. very well, though. Yeah, it was it was unusual. It was really uh, well. Uh, even like to get back to your original thing with the process, it was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it, it was it was written over such a long period of time. Like their songs were like "City of Wolves," uh, that was like one of our first songs, and uh, "Waiting Up" as well. Uh, Indigo's on it as well. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah, and and uh, disciples as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it, it was it was very much like an evolving project i think between us all and um it the uh, we i always like to think that the album was aging with us and like growing uh, with us uh we just had to put a final thing on it at the end but um it, it, it was just unfortunate that we couldn't do any gigs because we had like plans of doing like shows around ireland and hopefully in london as well and yeah because like I like um just for context, like Ryan is living in Edinburgh and uh, McCabe's living in London. So uh, there was kind of like, without uh, without being concrete, there was kind of like stuff in motion about hopefully getting over to the UK and doing stuff there as well, but just didn't quite happen in the end, unfortunately. Um, but I think for, I guess um, from the process point of view, I kind of, there's a load of little things, I suppose, internally that I like about the process. So like we have the older stuff like City of Wolves, but um, maybe a, a newer version of it. But then it's like um, there's there's songs that um, there's songs that were written a lot later that still kind of tie in. So like um, when we start like for a while, we were when we were doing City of Wolves live at shows, we do like a little kind of interlude, eh, a little prelude, I should say, where um, where um, we'd kind of just have it spacey with no drums and just do a kind of backing vocals and. Uh, let Ryan sing the chorus parts and then we'd kick into the track so um we wanted to record a bit like that for the album and we did record that and then we ended up changing it because um there's a song on there called what we leave behind us and the end of what we leave behind us yeah. runs quite like it would run nicely into the little extra city wolves bit and then that would lead into the city wolves track so I, d I liked how there's like stuff that was maybe written three or four years apart that still kind of tie in together um then even little things like as ryan said it kind of grew with grew with us um like there's M mccabe has a degree in music production and um he's been doing a lot of mixing over the last few years and it's just great that um that. yeah yeah so it's just great that he he actually mixed like probably three or four four tracks maybe on the album um so it's just cool that like little thing like it would have been nice to have gotten an album out two years ago or whatever, but um, it's nice that he like that that got to happen as well. Um, yeah, so there's more like there's, a personal touch on it too, and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's loads of little things, and well, that might mean much 
kind of outside the band on a personal level it's always nice um it's in terms of releasing it in the year that last year was um it's yeah it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a pain really to be honest that there was no gigs there's no there's no beating around the bush with it but at the same time like it gets to a point where you're kind of like you don't see the point in really waiting or holding off um especially now that there's still not really uh yeah. there's still not a, a, a definitive end in sight so it's kind of like what what are you sitting on for really? Um so I'm like I'm glad we did release it, but um as you said, it definitely would have been cool to have done a few gigs around it. Uh, oh yeah, and on top of that, so I I I still like the idea of the uh, the album name. It ties in so well with the year that it was <laughs> yeah, released yeah. in. <laughs> and it's it, 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 I, I think we weird coincidence, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like we, we, I I've been like wanting to name like an EP or an album something like that since Indigo was released as well. So like it was late two thousand seventeen. <laughs> so it was just funny that it came out like that. As well. Yeah, she's yeah, holding yeah. out for horrors, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what would be? Yeah, I was just like, what would be like your favorite songs on it? Because like, I know for mine for sure, like I love Inferno and um, What We Leave oh, Behind cool. would be the two ones oh, that I you. just yeah yeah. I was I do you know I was actually I was listening to it today and I was like, this album is just amazing. Obviously, I've listened to it before, but like oh, just to thanks, remind man. myself today, I was like, I'm going to be interviewing, going to be interviewing by Curious, and I was like, from start to finish, it's not by Curious. Jesus, already interviewed by Curious. Brass I Phantoms. saw actually yeah, <laughs> so I was like, Fuck me. actually uh, before we go into yeah, yeah. the album, I just saw the graphic for the by Curious one, and uh, it's, a, it's a real real sweet looking. Uh, that you had up on Instagram, by the way, it's very nice. Oh, geez, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I literally, I don't, I was just like, cause. Cause it's an art, uh, like it's all word art. That I was like, I'm gonna. Pa- I I decided I was gonna paint, do a painting of every single person that comes on, and then I was talking oh, wow. with my friend Hugo, and he goes, "Do you know how?" He goes, "Do you know how much extra work that is?" And he goes, "You're mixing <laughs> it already by yourself." Because that's because that's insane. He goes, "That's an insane undertaking to take when you're gonna be doing this every week." And I was I was I was like I was like, "You'll probably be fine." And then I only finished the bi curious one this morning, and just and I was just like. Uh, Ah oh, balls! This is this is this is so much work. Like you said, yeah. and you set you set a, you set a precedent now that you kind of have to keep it going as well. So, <laughs> but um, that's a tough one. But um, thank you. Yeah, I, that's deadly that you listened to the album today. But thank you very much. I think um, I don't know, Ryan. No, what, like what I'm listening. Obviously, uh, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, but thank sorry. you very much, even for for yeah, listening yeah. again. Oh it yeah, still, yeah. still means a lot. So thank you, Cashel. What are your favorites? Uh, I think I. Legal Fiction is probably one of my favorites on there. I really, um, it was a really fun song to write, and um, it's a shame we never got to actually play it live either. It was, I think, that and what we leave well, behind. We still us. get to play it live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so, what we leave behind. Colin's vocals on it are amazing on it. Just the, with your vocals as well, it's just a gorgeous duet. Yeah, I, I have a, I, it, I always find if I want to re-listen to a song on the album, I, I usually go back to what we leave behind us. Um, just when when how it's structured and the story i just love the the flow and the the rhythm too and the changes as well it's it's a very impactful song and um yeah i was was happy with how it came out in the end so yeah i'd probably say like legal fiction or what we leave behind us i think uh i've got it like for me it would change i've um i have a soft spot for hurricane just because i think um i just think we captured Mm. what i had envisaged but we did it like i just think that we kind of we got something cool with it um I've always, and then waiting up, like I think that's still like if I'm talking to someone 
just maybe not even like a close friend, someone randomly, they'll still kind of throw a weight up. But I kind of get that. I think that's, um, I would say there's a reason why that would be our most kind of listened to song. But, uh, and even just going back, I remember, um, I remember myself and Ryan been up in like sitting in James's bedroom and Ryan had like sent on, I think three different, like really rough demos. And it was just you doing vocals over a bass guitar. And um, I think out of the three, you and James were kind of like, you kind of thought Waiting Up had maybe the least potential. And then I remember just being like... Oh, interesting. And I just, I loved the, just the hook of just kind of the way you were singing Waiting Up. And it was like nothing like the same rhythm, but I just really liked it. It caught my ear. And then I was kind of like, okay, but like, what if we did it this way? And I started kind of strumming the weird guitar pattern. And I think you picked up the bass and then James started doing it. And it just kind of... It came together like that, and then we had it down like so fast with um, with McCabe on the drums when we rehearsed it. And then also like the first time I actually met Colleen was when she came into the studio to do some backing vocals on Waiting Up. So I think just in terms of um, like I just love that that became the song that a lot of people know as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll never forget the first practice of that because um, it only ever happened twice: uh, City Wolves and Waiting Up, where we had the song and we didn't play it all together it was uh at, at, at like at, at up to this point we just knew the parts and uh we just all went into waiting up and it just like worked straight away like uh mccabe just knew exactly what to do on the drums we uh myself greg and uh james because colleen wasn't in the band yet uh already knew the parts and it just like there was so much energy off it i think it was the, it, it was in the it was in that old rehearsal studio um over in smithfield i think 4K, it's not down yeah 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 4K. yeah <laughs> I was so deaf coming out of that place every time. <laughs> yeah. um, also, I remember that that night when we were in James's and we kind of wrote waiting up. Uh, live videos were like a brand new thing on Facebook. Like the, at the time, that no one was really doing live videos, and it was like oh, yeah. one. Of, it was one of the first times I think it was like um, a post came up on James's newsfeed of like uh, one of the first times that a news company in America had done a facebook live video of like a high-speed car chase so we were just like we went from like we were like midway through writing the song and then like that came up and it was like hold on hold on hold on this is happening right now. and then we just watched this dude like driving away from the cops for i don't know like a good fucking 30 40 minutes of just like yeah, come we, on we, <laughs> and after the end of that like we watched this for like a half an hour just be like oh get him get him get him and we we're like exhausted just a we guy like, driving a we, car we need to go for a walk we need to... <laughs> yeah. yeah but then it was like i because like you'd never you'd never see that on the news here at all or anything so i've ne- never seen a live chase and then um yeah just swarms of cars going after this guy it was funny so yeah so wait, for, you were just for, huddled for, well you just huddled around a phone just shouting go on go on go on the whole time i was on a laptop okay oh just oh like a modern day oj simpson drive thing white bronco i think yeah did they get? They, I'm assuming they got him in the end, did they? I think so. Yeah, I think he stood down after a while after his after he came to the second barrier of cop cars. I feel. <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it ended happily, as far as we as far as we know. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to so, knock a conversation was... off. <laughs> it's and that, hey, it's being that... it's being ke- it's being kept in. <laughs> and, and that's and that's why I love waiting up. 
Also, I really like something automatic, <laughs> by the way. I think that's a good song. <laughs> There's literally, like, I'm not just saying this because I have you here. There's not a bad song on it. It's a really, really good, it's a really, really, think, really good solid oh, album. And like, which really leads to my that. next question was, it was, oh, well, like, I genuinely mean it because what I was wondering what the next question was, even listening to today, you can hear, what I love, what I, what I always find in a good album when I'm listening to it is I love an album that all the songs sound different, but they still sound like they're still part of the same album, if that makes sense. And like all the songs do, but there's so many different styles going on on that album that you made i was just wondering like what what were the main kind of influences that you were listening to or maybe reading or looking at while you were actually making it because i know it was a long process of making the album i'm glad that you said uh i love that you said reading because ryan would be uh ryan's lyrics wouldn't just be like kind of song yeah, well, yeah yeah uh which well, is i cool remember actually meeting that. you ryan at a pub but I remember meeting Ryan at a pub and he was talking about Leonard Cohen and with, with himself and Zach. And you weren't talking about how well Leonard Cohen sings, whatever. You were just going on and on and on about how beautiful his lyrics are for ages, which I thought was gorgeous. Like, like you were talking about the song, but in, this, in the sense of the lyrics, which is, I think, something like people. I don't know if people like lyrics, you know, are. Oh, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say and I completely forgot. Uh, anyway, but yeah, uh, process <laughs> or no influences. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, I, lost my complete train of thought there. Uh, thanks uh, for that. But yeah, no, um, it, it's always been one thing. Like, um, I, 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 I've always played the bass in Brass Phantoms, but I've always enjoyed my my favorite bit has always been writing lyrics. I, I even when you take even someone like Leonard Cohen, I've always just loved his how he pronunciates his pronunciation, like his his cadence. Like it's it, like the beautiful mm. flow to his words. It, it, it's, you can sort of get mushed around. There's always this conversation about like vocals, like, oh, he's a shit singer. It's all this sort of stuff. Um, you can even make an example with like Girl Band where it's not really lyrical based, but the emotion is more yeah. making up for any the lyrics. It's the, the fl flow as well. So um, yeah, like, actually Leonard Cohen is a pretty big influence. I'm a massive fan of David Byrne as well from Talking Heads. I think Oh, okay. Greg yeah. as well. I think Talking Heads. I think I think like <clears throat> like any band, like its own. It's a like everyone's got their own kind of individual ones. I think Talking Heads are like kind of a one of the shared influence. Like they they'd be kind of a collective influence for probably everyone in the band a bit. Um, obviously, I think uh, for the last few years, uh, I don't know. I've always I've always loved um, how uh, that band from like the seventies and eighties had the Cars did. Uh, the guitars and keys, key parts together. Um, then, um, I don't know, like, I guess there's a lot of, um, for me, like, I, I, I kind of see things in different tracks, like, even on, on Disciples, even though it's like, it's probably, um, it probably is a more kind of echoey sound or more kind of like, open it wouldn't be it wouldn't sound as tight I've, i even find like there's a little bit of kind of bombay bicycle club in there um for what we did behind us i think there's when it goes into the chorus when you and colleen are singing together i like there's even it's like um i don't know if like a groovy funky kind of song went into a kind of national chorus that kind of thing um so there's i guess there's a lot of different sounds in there um hurricane obviously has some war on drugsy sounds in there uh so i guess there's a lot of kind of modern modern bands but then there's some more old school stuff as well um 
but then like if I talked if I talked to James about it, James is kind of pop and R and B influenced these days. Um, McCabe would be the same on drums. Like he'd try and kind of change the rhythm pattern from your kind of typical rock song to something that is a little more in a hip hop vein as well. That comes out the odd time in the album. Yeah, not a whole lot maybe, but occasionally. What we leave behind, he does a really interesting thing with the drums the whole time with it. I thought it was I thought his drumming on that was amazing. Yeah, I think that's that's but, uh, and then Colin Colin would be a big. Sorry, one apologies. Well, just like no, you're good. I think what we what we did like uh, he came in, so he McCabe actually wrote the the two, uh, like the intro guitar parts for what we leave behind us. Um, so he just brought those uh, in, oh, like okay. the kind of. So he had those two parts, and he was just getting me and James to play them, and then he started doing the drums together. So obviously he'd be better for us to say it himself, but I assume he kind of had something in his mind that said these two guitars with this drum beat. Um, and then the chorus we kind of wrote together in the in the room um, pretty much the same day, I think. So it's just, so like, I'm, I I guess that, that he, I'm not even sure what influence he'd, he'd kind of throw out there, but he obviously just mm-hmm. something clicked in his brain there. Yeah, I, I, he was, there was definitely like, I don't know, like a parliament influence. So he, I, he was messing around with funk at the time or something because he, he, he gave me the baseline as well for the intro. Um, the, uh, the first. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. So he messed around a lot of that, but it was so, it was so like clicky when uh, we were jamming out for yeah. the first time as well. Like it was just such a, an energy too. And then, yeah, I, remember, I always get the impression. It's like, it was like, you guys do this with your instruments. I'm going to wail away on my drums for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'll never forget. I can't remember. I think I went off to the toilet or something or made myself a cup of tea or and I came back and you and McCabe were sitting on the ground. We we're like, Oh, we have a key change. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> And we did have a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so I guess kind of like my, my next question would be like, um, do, uh, like what, uh, ooh, I'm trying to think, what would you say, would you, do you think Brass Phantoms have in store now for 2021 or 2022? Like what, what kind of do you think is the next jump, jumping point from the album? Um, I mean, like it's kind of hard to say, um, especially with, you know, the guy's been abroad um, and then just kind of uncertainty about, I suppose, everyone's what everyone's plans are. Um, I, I know everyone has probably, everyone has written individually. Um, I Colleen's studying for like um, a music media tech master's in at the moment. Oh, cool. um, McCabe sent me on a track that he has like his own song, like completely his, but he's just like getting me to check, like listen to the mix of it and everything. So he's got stuff in store. Um, I know Ryan's been doing stuff over in Edinburgh. James has his own project and I've kind of got my own stuff as well. So there's a lot like it'll be it'll um, like given the circumstances, it'll probably be a little bit individual for a while. But that's not to say there's not a a couple of gigs in store next year. Maybe who knows? And uh, one thing I've noticed as well, even I haven't, uh, I'm not too sure I've heard anything that you're working on, Greg, but even from working, t- listen to James, like, um, there's there's still the, the the essence of, like, what we would have been doing in practices that would have been, like, the Brass Phantom sound. So they sort of, it's what we all give into the band is sort of going into its own little separate ways for the moment. So hopefully we can come back and congregate and do something in the future. 100% and I mean like there's no like it's it's all it's all good like I I I play some guitar on um, one of James's songs Colleen is 
doing some kind of vocal stuff for some stuff I have as well. So um, we're all working together. I don't know if it's under the... So basically, like, Brass Phantoms is this, like, giant, massive uh, corporation thing, and we're all little, we're, we're all little sub-brands who... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like a cult. Basically. Well, it's good that you're keeping... It's good that you're keeping busy because like I've been saying now, like this is, this is, the th- I've been saying this constantly. I don't know what it was, but at the beginning of quarantine, I felt completely sucked out of actually trying to do anything creative. I found it really hard to do like anything remotely creative at all. I was wondering like the Jews have any of that kind of stuff or the Jews just basically just go hop on and just work consistently on stuff. Uh, for a while, it took a while to, um, to ease in. I think like I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> It was weird. I um I was sort of planning on moving to Edinburgh early April, late March, and um it came to the start of March, and uh obviously things were starting to look like uh everything was about to lock down. So I was like, oh shit! So I got yeah. on a flight, like I booked a flight for the twenty third of March, and uh, got on that flight, and it was while I was in midair. Boris Johnson was saying, and the country is under lockdown, <laughs> so I landed straight <laughs> oh, in. What really? <laughs> jumped over the fence <laughs> and got in so like i'll I never pretty... forget i'll never forget like that lockdown bit announced and me knowing you're in there it's just like shit ryan's on a smile right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but like it, oh. I, I was pretty preoccupied uh like because uh, my girlfriend and i were like trying to move into a new flat so like i was trying to figure out how to get our stuff when the entire country is locked down into a new flat and yeah, that was Jesus. keeping us busy for maybe like a month or two and then the lockdown felt in <laughs> That's ah, crazy. Um, for me, I think, I Craig, I like, think the last time I oh, sorry. No, I always there's a delay in Zoom. Sorry, no, yeah, no, no, no. no go on. I was just gonna that. say the last time, the, the, the last time. No, no, it's it, it's fine. But like, uh, it's just that's just Zoom. But I remember the last time I actually saw you was I think you were coming from work and I was just leaving work to go on lunch. And we were talking about how we we don't think that we'll be in work in the next week because things are just going to go shut down completely. Like that was the last time I saw you. And then a week later, everything did. Yeah, I remember. Was that on? Because you, you, you were in the you were on Abbey Street, right? I was on Abbey Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I remember. Um, that, so for me, it, it kind of happened like getting into the I suppose creative stuff, um, or writing really. Uh, that it happened kind of quickly because um, I initially like going back to before any of this was an issue. Um, I had some kind of song ideas that I'd never. Like I, I was kind of working a fair bit, like just kind of a bit sort of mad hours, um, before lockdowns and everything. So I kind of, once lockdown hit, I went from kind of working all the time to not working. So then I had these song mm-hmm. ideas that, um, hadn't been hadn't been worked on. That I was like, okay, now I've what I thought was going to be, or what I hoped was like, okay, I have a few weeks to work on these. So, um, kind of for, for April, April and May, I, I actually like wrote and demoed a load of stuff last year. Uh, some of it, I'm kind of, some of it, I still plan to use some of it. I probably scrapped. Um, and then since those two months, it's kind of come in waves. Like the last few weeks have actually been pretty good. Like I was working on stuff. Um, in the last few days, I'm actually doing like a diploma in, music production right now just kind of it's filling oh, the time sweet. but it's also yeah it's yeah, it's yeah. um it's it's only like i only have class like one day a week but um obviously we're not on site so they've given everyone like pro tools software just like kind of industry standard mixing software to, recording software yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much so um i have that and just um 
so it's there's um I've I've definitely like I've been learning constantly from that for the last couple of months but uh in terms of actually writing and getting into that mindset I've definitely find it's coming in waves like there's a couple of weeks where I'll be kind of like kicking myself that I didn't do anything and then in a few days I'll like oh I have some ideas that I really like and kind of want to run with yeah I I, I'd be the kind of the same like I have these days where like I'll, I'll come up and just do a ton of work and be absolutely delighted and then get up the next day and be ready and to, to kind of finish off the same amount of work. And then for some reason, it's just gone. It's just, I think it's the whole thing. Like I have to go to walk, go for a walk or something, just sitting in my room the whole yeah. time just does not help whatsoever. No. It's yeah. just better to actually focus I, I on stuff. I think all of us... I actually bought... Well, sorry? No, no, I was just going to say, I actually had to buy... I bought a book um, for... It's called You're an Artist and it's about... It gives you exercises to get back into getting creative and oh. um it drove me absolutely oh. insane it worked but it drove me it's just because it reminded it just reminded me when i was back in school like but it's all about like yeah. like one of them was a go out to a park and draw the floor and then draw the floor like 60 times and but in different i was just like oh. <laughs> but i did it like but it's still just yeah <laughs> but it's great like i mean like, it helps as as much as this as the whole thing sucks like I, like it's it's really cool to see the likes of yourself kind of cracking into a podcast now you know um not to say you wouldn't yeah because yeah, like, I, I wouldn't have been like, able to do that well i wouldn't have been able to do this any other time i talked about doing this for at least four years um yeah like when i said it to well yeah and i just for whatever reason just always thought of a reason to put it off and then I was just like, you're at home. You can record it from your bedroom. You have the you have the facilities to do it. All you need to do is buy a microphone. Um, and and happy 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 days. Like I've been, I was able to do yeah. it. But for I put it off for ages. And then it was just one of these things where I was just like, have to sit down and do something creative. Otherwise, I'm gonna go mad. Like, but like it, at the same time, it's kind of it's it's worked out. And like I, again, like not hard to look on the bright side of all this. It's, but at the same time, it's, it's, I do kind of love the way you've done it that, um, like you've kind of built plenty of relationships around Dublin anyway. I'm not sure about beyond, but just like yeah, yeah. so many people, like I'm sure, I'm sure in the kind of art community and graphic design world, but like definitely in the music side of things and like the amount of people you've done artwork for as well. So like in terms of, uh, it, it just, it be, seems like a, I it's think definitely it a good, good time. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's fair play. Oh, no, it's there's not a better time, not a better time to. Explain. Oh well, thank you so much. Well, hopefully I can get like, um, obviously it's amazing getting yourselves on. Um, and just trying to, hopefully get a few more. Like, but it's 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 an it's a nerves thing as well. Like when I go into these, like yeah, um, you'll hear you might you'll hear maybe by Curious's episode. I was so nervous about it, but now like I just I've done one other episode. I can't say who it is, but um, cool. that that'll be out next week. But like the difference in getting used to it took a while, but I, I hopefully now it'll be become a regular thing. Hundred percent. But I like it, like you're starting something new. Like it would be it would be weird if you didn't have nerves. I suppose you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, like well. what, what what was your uh, what was your reaction for the first time you went live at a gig? Actually, how did that go? Oh, that like was very, the, very first gig. the point, wasn't it? Not the point point, but the the point. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the pint. The, 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 that's now the, the bar that's like the width of my bedroom, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually yeah. a really cool venue now. Uh, they've done the venue up very well. It's a class venue now, the, but uh, I've never seen, yeah. seen Zach play there years ago. Um, and yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah, but so like, how did it go? Like, was it, was it, I, a, good, like, was it a good first we experience went, or... We went well, on I stage think... and like, I remember coming off and I was like, well, that is very much out of the way. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> 
I think I think for me, like just going back to when I was sixteen, maybe fifteen, I can't remember. Like I'd probably played there, and I knew going in was like probably three or four years later, age eighteen or whatever. I'm like, okay, this gig, I'm. It's definitely not going to be as bad as the ones I did when I was fifteen. So um, <laughs> uh, that kind of helped. Um, but I mean, like, I don't know. It, it would be so weird. It's so long since we've done a gig now that I'm, I'm like, sometimes have a thought in my head. It's like, what would it be like playing a gig today? Like, would I, like, but um, I'd, I'd hope. Okay, I'm but sure I can't it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will go well. Yeah, um, Do you know, it was funny. It's even funny, even think... listening to like, oh no, God, no, sorry, we're just gonna say. Well, I think lag. like, um, <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. I think like there's um, it, it there's definitely like different types of gigs kind of have different types of nerves, like. Uh, we did the tour supporting Dalarentos and I remember like oh shit yeah like they were they did like they'll sell out wherever the plane around the country so like the first show was in Cork yeah. I just kind of remember being like a little bit I don't want to say afraid but apprehensive that um because we, we we had just written Inferno from the album when we were doing that tour and we like we really it was like okay we've got like a full room here and really want to play it live but then we're also kind of like, uh, is it is it suitable for the show? Like it might it might be a great song to play. But they're like, okay, like fuck it, let's give it a go the first night. If it's good, we'll do it second night. If it's not good, we won't do it again, kind of thing. And and like um, so you kind of have to reason with yourself and make the call. And then fortunately, people really dug it. So I was like, cool, that's gonna stay on the set list. Yeah. So um, like all different kinds of nerves uh for different kinds of shows that must be an amazing feeling testing out songs and seeing people react positively to it i can only imagine it just being like but when you're playing as well it's, going, it's, oh. it's really the best yeah or like i remember like one, yeah, of, the, one of those is, shows yeah. one of those shows i remember like um my older brother's an arsenal fan and he like he was following some arsenal fan page on twitter or something like that and some someone like they didn't even tag us but they just had a screen a picture up from like a packed wheelands it's just like oh brass phantoms are class but my brother sent me the screenshot and i was kind of like that's so cool that oh, some that's random class. person that you're following has just kind of seen us and enjoyed it like so i've Senior, always yeah, yeah that's always like it's so yeah that's the best yeah i remember um when we played uh, mondo for the first time in new york uh we got fought, like we got funding and stuff to, to play this festival over in New York City. It was really cool. And we were playing this show in a, a bar called Niagara uh, that our friend Max, a New Yorker dude, crazy legend uh, that he is, um, that we love him there. Uh, he's a really cool guy and he really helped us out a lot. And um, he got us this gig in Niagara. And I remember going on stage and the first time in New York, we were just off the plane, jet lag. We had to like rush all of our gear and we met him there briefly and he was outside and we were like we were like oh this is crazy and he was like yeah we'll we'll do like the hellos in the moment you were like 30 minutes late <laughs> run in. oh what like, oh shit yeah. <laughs> like we put all of our gear on stage and stuff and i turned around on the stage and there's a plaque and it was like in the early uh, 1980s to 1990s these are all the acts that played this venue and it's like bad brains it's like uh beastie boys oh, and, and i was like that was a pretty cool moment um as well like you, that's an you amazing to... moment yeah thankfully we didn't have time was, was to be nervous the... there yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're just kind of uh, fight or flight when you get into that situation. A little bit, yeah. For was sure. that was that the was that the wasn't that bar just off Times Square? Was there oh, one, that was the one the, there was no it was off oh, the no. aim oh right, okay, yeah. There was one yeah, on, there was the, near the Empire State Building, I think, wasn't it? It like was it? I'm trying to think. I think if one of the venues we played was the Barry Electric, and I feel like uh, if you walked out if you walked out of that venue 
and just kind of turned, you'd pretty much see uh, the Empire State Building. But yeah. I'm trying to think. They were they were very close together now, so maybe it was. It might have been there. I can't actually I remember. I, 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 I do have a memory of like being outside uh, Berry Electric and like our name was up on the board. And I remember just turning and it was Empire State Building. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, pretty that was, cool. That was very, <laughs> yeah, very that's electric. amazing. That's right, yeah. yeah. And, it must be amazing like to be in like a different a different city uh, that's not even like obviously not home like not even Irish and then just people like people reacting to it in a really really positive way because I remember you telling me that the, the gigs in the, the states went really really well like people, people I think really one, of them, like, one of them like one of them like I I much preferred when we went back the second year even though we we didn't we only had the one gig that year I just thought that was like a much better gig I thought we were better. I thought the, I thought the crowd was like a little more receptive. There was kind of maybe more, uh, more people there, and uh, some of the bands you're playing were were great. But um, the the ones the first year were, were were obviously really fun as well. I think the ones I maybe struggled with a couple of couple of the UK ones that we did, um, because just like um, I remember going the set like I think it was the second time we went over to to do a gig in London and um, just been kind of ha- had our hopes up and we had like these i don't know what you'd call them I-, I suppose a scout for a pretty good live agent coming down stuff like that and we were okay, the, the, yeah, the yeah. gig the gig was been run by um a pretty good promoter over there and then we had some friends that were coming as well and then it just didn't quite work out that the promoter i don't know was he sidetracked at another gig or whatever but um didn't really didn't draw much of a crowd and obviously like there's we're not going to be bringing a like a hell of a lot of people in london barring kind of friends and friends of friends and stuff like that so it just kind of it just didn't go our way and uh i think like there's there's some ones that you kind of look back on like that that were kind of a bit of a pain and and there's the feeling of like damn we kind of came over for that but like what can you do but it's you kind of have to enjoy the fact that you're there with well, in our case, it was always people that you loved. You were overdoing it, and in some cities, you got to see friends and that. So, it was always kind of like uh, there's definitely like a kind of when when a gig goes well, then you kind of have that oh shit, this just went well in a different city feeling for sure. And um, like I'm I'm a I'm a Leeds supporter, so I remember we were doing a gig in Leeds, and it was like the weirdest venue. It was like uh, it it. it I don't even know how you describe it, Ryan. It was like in, it was in like this, you know, the way they have like those kind of big art, like kind of like a George's arcade, but a bigger yeah. version of that kind of yeah. like it was in one of them. Oh, and it was in a bar okay. that kind of. It was like a, a Gypsy kind of, Rose venue. <laughs> a little bit like that, actually. Yeah. It was like if you could imagine a bigger version of that. So we, we, we go into that and it kind of undercuts that. And uh, they're like, okay, the gig's upstairs. And we're like, ah, oh, shit, this ain't going to be good. And then uh, we went up and it was actually the sound was great there was people there um and it was just it was just really fun so some of the ones here kind of like oh damn this is this ain't gonna this ain't our night uh, they work out really well and then uh, oh, well that leads that le- that leads night was great because i think there was like a metal band there was like a funk band and then there was a folk singer and then us yeah, yeah. like there was loads of people everyone stayed for all the acts and like there was like there was there was always like twenty to thirty people in the small room, like watching the and like they were getting involved. It was a great night in the end. And Leeds was such a like that's a, a great thing. place. Just, that's what I was gonna say. It's like it's just been in a city that I, I love that city. So it's kind of like just like 
good night after kind of buzz. But um, so there's some that definitely kind of look back fondly on as well. Yeah, I remember as well. Um, there was uh, the first time we played in London was in Dublin Castle as well, and it was really was, cool. I being... loved that. I loved that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was cool to be in a venue there's where a like venue a band Castle that started in London. Yeah, it was... yeah, it's just in Camden Town. And oh, it's a hugely influential venue. Like uh, the Madness made it famous originally, and then in the early nineties, oh, wow. you had like Amy Winehouse, uh, the Libertines, like all those bands playing it and stuff. It was really cool to end up being on the same stage as some of these artists yeah, who would have yeah. played at one stage. Yeah, yeah. Ma- Madness was like the second gig that I ever went to, and my dad brought me to them when I was seven, I think. And oh wow. I don't think he re. I don't think he re. It was in the point when the point, but I don't think he realized, or he must have just forgotten that madness gigs are notoriously massive piss ups. Like the crowd get very, very <laughs> drunk, and I was like, I mean, like really drunk. They're insane. Their gigs are insane, and I remember um, going. I must have been eight actually, because my first, my first ever gig was Britney Spears on her Toxic tour, and then Amazing. the second one was Madness. But I. But I remember, I know, yeah, it was fantastic. But I remember my sister being really young. She thinks she must have been like two or three. And we were really, and my mom wasn't with us. And the first thing I saw when we went through the door, because we were, again, we were seating for it. We weren't going to be standing at it. But the first thing that we went was a guy in his underwear with his trousers pulled down around his pants with two pints in his hand, oh. just dancing around, <laughs> baggy trousers. And just spilling, spilling beer all over him. I, I'll never forget it. I'm being like, because you know, like what you're like eight years of age and seeing somebody drunk, like I'd seen somebody drunk for the first time. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then, and then you get in and we're sitting, and we're, madness are fantastic, but all you can see is this crowd. Just if you just anywhere you put your eye, it's somebody doing something fucking crazy, like in the crowd. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I, I, I Not a like gig you take, a, take an eight year old to. You went to see no. when you were 12, did you? In uh, 2012. What? And uh, like, oh, I 2012. Remember, I remember there being like this massive mosh pit. And everyone just like kicking yeah, yeah. each other. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, and then they started playing, it must be love. And all of a sudden I see this like six foot five skinhead coming over to me. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he just grabs me and he's like, it must be love, love, love. That's amazing. I, I sprinted, sprinted. Actually, I'm I'm gonna so, I'm gonna yeah. kind of I'm going to do what I do and half sidetrack for a second. You Just you mentioning Britney yeah, Spears' Toxic reminded me. We once did. And Ryan, I I, I was on to McCabe last week about uh, just on a call. On a, and um, we were talking about a time that Brass Phantoms did an acoustic cover of Toxic by Britney Spears. No! Now, I, 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 why are you looking so glum, man? No, I... I, I I don't have For anybody who can't, well, can't see because it's audio, it. Ryan's gone bright red. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the file anywhere, but Ryan's girlfriend, Becky, was, um, it was like a project she was doing. So she was filming it. So I meant to, I, I should have texted you this before saying it on this. But um, does she have the file? Because I'd love to hear it back. Yeah, so like to give like a little bit of backstory. So yeah, Becky was uh, studying film in DIT and she had to put on like a game show so there was like a few bands playing at this and like it was like a prize thing we had to do a cover and I think Becky picked Toxic for us or we picked Toxic or no we we definitely wouldn't have picked Toxic. 
as I said, don't blame Becky. You definitely picked it. (laughs) But it was an absolute disaster because, like, we practiced. Maybe it was. No, we we practiced that for like three weeks. And then when it came to it, when the films, when it started filming, what? Did we? I thought it was like a day before kind of thing. I, I don't remember this well at all. Yes, I remember. I remember, like I had like I'm really bad at remembering lyrics for everything. So I on stage, I'd always be like, I'd always make up my own lyrics on stage, and no one ever notices, or at least no one. Everyone's polite enough to not mention it, but um, <laughs> not call on it. But yeah, like, but we were, we were recording Toxic, and like at the very start, I was like, okay, <laughs> the first line is this, the first line is this, and then we strum, and I'm like, what's What's what? What is this song? I was like, I couldn't remember any of it, and the filming was happening. I was like looking around. I was like, oh no! So I just jumped in from like the third line. I was like, this is horrible. Oh man, I now oh, I really Jesus. want to see it. I can't remember that. Actually, that's funny. I remember like there was sometimes um sometimes when we were on the radio doing like those acoustic things, Ryan would have like have to write the lyrics in front of himself. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very weird quality to have not be able to remember lyrics as the front man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like it was am- the problem was like amplified in those acoustic settings. I think though it was like yeah, it was kind of like uh, oh shit, I got to be like you know it's softer vocals now. They're gonna be listening to what I say now. I now I gotta say it. <laughs> yeah, I had to get better when we were, we started playing dials and stuff. I was like, I have to know the words that the songs. Oh, for Ruby sessions. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, I remember. What was an absolute shit show was uh, doing the two FM sessions, and um, we were doing a cover of "This Must Be the Place" by Talking Heads, and we did Disciples. But like, I just could not remember the order of the lyrics for "This Must Be the Place," and I oh, was trying to play the bit. Well, you got it though. Yeah, I did get. It. I got it in the end, but I remember every now oh, and yeah. again it was like home. Oh no, it's not home. It's something <laughs> else. It's, it's like <laughs> home is like five lines away. <laughs> but those ruby sessions can be like i've i've been at them and just seen the artist because you can hear like a pin drop it's it's i can imagine just not the 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 dread of not remember because everybody is listening with bated breath onto everything that you're saying i can only imagine it's absolutely so quiet yeah i loved i i loved that though because i was i was when 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 we when i loved doing that like ruby session stuff because like we're we're um Definitely at one point we were like too loud of a band on stage and stuff. So like um mm. well, like probably turned down eventually. But um when we were doing the acoustic things, it was like just it was such a different audience uh, a lot of the time. And it was kind of like it was just a challenge to kind of bring songs that like uh we try and make as big as as big sounding as possible to kind of just a more stripped back version and then kind of maybe put a lot more pressure on ourselves with like vocal harmonies and stuff i i used to love doing those yeah i had a great fun no i th- I, th- I think the ruby sessions is brilliant like but it's funny that you mentioned being too loud because the f- the i remember going to the ruby sessions and it was the first time seeing other kin and oh, seeing right. them do an acoustic set and i was just like oh this is pretty cool and uh niall the whole time niall donnelly from monkey was sitting there going yeah this isn't what they normally sound like this, this is weird <laughs> yeah. I, was like, he goes, he go- I was like what do you mean he goes he goes they're normally really loud and i was just like this is cool though he goes no no this is, he goes, this is amazing, but he goes, they're normally really loud. And uh, then I saw them <laughs> properly. I saw them like what they're actually like. And you have your know, man jumping into the crowd, singing with the microphone. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, and then, oh uh, yeah, very different. Yeah, the Ruby Sessions is a very different vibe. I got, I got nearly got sure. kicked out of it once actually, because 
I couldn't stop laughing for one for one particular period, and your man actually oh, turned no. around and get out. <laughs> oh, God. It was very awkward. It was like it was like no, he didn't. No, he didn't kick me out. But he goes one more. He goes one more, and you're gone. And I because uh, but I had I kept turning my head around to look at Niall behind me, and I, uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, F- "Fucking sit forward." Your man is apparently glaring at me the whole time. I was completely oblivious to it. The host is crazy. He's a, a, a lovely guy. Um, I don't know whether he was the guy who kicked you out, but I remember when we played uh, Ruby Sessions, he came in, he was like, okay, quick for me, facts, 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 facts. And he would like say like all this information, like, oh, we're doing this. He was like, yeah, do it. And then he'd be like going on to, to a room. He's like, remember this, remember this, remember this, and talking to himself. And then he's just like, okay, I'm ready. And he just opens the curtains as if he's just on speed or something. He's, uh, he's such a great presenter. <laughs> That's amazing. So he just like he just gets the facts on the day and then just goes in and just yeah, and just, just goes with it. Yeah, lights, camera, action, so, straight yeah. away. That's class. And he yeah. just ad libs and well, so, like improvises on the night. Like so, it's really impressive. So I just like uh, just to bring it all back to kind of the whole thing of who art them. My final question for you is would be uh, what do you enjoy most about actually being artists and creating stuff? Like what do you think is the what do you, what did you enjoy most about it? It's something. Yeah, I guess. Um, it's something that I don't I don't even I didn't realize until I don't want to just say the last year because it probably goes back a little bit longer but just kind of like um, how much I didn't realize kind of how much you kind of learn and, and, and I don't want to say grow with it it sounds super cliched but like how much you kind of just kind of develop with it and I've kind of even noticed in the last uh, couple of years just taking influences from things outside of music I'm bringing it in so like um could be from from comedy or some form of commentary or a book and just really bringing that into uh anything I've kind of been writing myself so I just kind of love that kind of uh rule free like able to do something that you like and that you hope other people will like um that would be the first thing I'd say but I probably have I could probably think of more while I'm gonna pass the torch to Ryan for a moment <laughs> I, I I always found um when writing it was always like a especially when in a band it, there was like this like nice communal element to it um you really felt like you connected to people in a way you wouldn't like over a pint or something with a group of friends or something there was a real intimacy to it and on top of that I always felt when writing lyrics if, if I was thinking about something if I had it written down for lyrics or in a song, it sort of eased trying to think about it as well. Or even if it was just issues or something relating to the world, if I put it out into words, it meant like, okay, well, that's that there now. And if I want to revisit it, it's now in a, a finished piece and I can listen to it. Yeah. So it, there's there's a nice like healing, uh, cathartic nature to it. And um, yeah, I, I'd say the, yeah, the, the healing nature of music is probably my favorite yeah. element. For me, it's kind of like, I've kind of been fortunate enough that um, most of my long-standing friendships have probably come from uh, being involved in kind of artistic areas. So, like, um, like just so definitely the people that you do meet um, are always, you know, someone's always kind of doing something cool and generally are... Uh, people that you want to keep around um on top of that i think what's 
is the, probably the hardest thing for people who are creating or writing is the fact that we would all have been out a lot and not like in pubs and stuff like meeting up for coffees going for walks like anyone in your sphere and it was a huge community you'd find yourself not at home a lot because you're always meeting up with people are going to a gig as well so there's there was that like uh to it as well i think that was the biggest issue with lockdown is the fact that that was just getting cut off yeah, and then it's like, I find like just uh, one thing I've definitely realized during the uh, music production course uh, is um, even though it's kind of still a studying type world, it's like, I'm actually loving it. And uh, like the assignments aren't a drag and it's not a thing that I hate. Whereas if I think back to when I did my degree in college, I'm just like, just how... Uh, how little I enjoyed a lot of the parts of that, really. So it's kind of like when when it is something that you love, how how just how much easier, like how much how less you have to rationalize why you're doing it. It's kind of like I I'm doing this because it's fun and I like it. Like you know, it's kind of um, it's a much yeah, I get it's that. much easier. Um, but there's there's so much here. I wouldn't even know. Um, I'm sure people can can sum it up a lot better. But I just kind of like constantly working on new it's stuff. It's a fairly um, loaded question to spring on you, so. <laughs> It's a good one though, because I'm sure you're gonna get like, especially if you're kind of using it on the podcast, you're gonna get some really cool answers with it, and probably no one's. Well, you're the first guys I've asked, so we'll probably stay on. (laughs) I keep it in because it kind of it it makes you like I'll be thinking about that after the podcast, and then I'm gonna be like, "Fuck, I should have said this because that's a better answer than the stuff that I can't even remember." I just said. Well, there's, there's so many questions that I have. Like, that was one that I was like, no, that's a very good question to ask. But, like, there's a couple of, like, what's the one that I have here? If Brass Phantoms were to collab with anybody, who would it be? Ooh. Now, they're basic bitch questions, but they're still, like, some of them are good. But I do love the, um, yeah, what you'd enjoy most about being an artist. Because it makes me also go as well, like, what the, why do I, why do I like doing what I'm doing? And going out and yeah. meeting people is exactly this. That's, like, meeting people and creating stuff that everybody's enjoying and vibing with all at the same time is one of the best feelings in the world, I think. 100%, 100%. And I think, like, oh, that's it. Like, it's kind of, it's just, just feels so much. Like, there's, there's, um, yeah, like, like, just that feeling after, like, when you're on stage, like, it's, for, it's, 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 there's different worlds to it. Like, there's the kind of, there's the writing and messing about at home. There's the recording process. There's, so it's kind of like, you know, and then there's playing live. So that's all part of a kind of wider thing. But, like, just that feeling of, like, um, something clicking in a studio that you didn't expect like just when something unexpected clicks and it's like oh that sounds way better than what i could have imagined or when you're playing a good gig and people are really into it and then like shit like me looking across at ryan and just like absolutely like hammering in like going head to head with him like stuff like that's kind of um that's you know there's there's not as many things that um there's not too many things that would kind of make me that i would kind of cherish as much as that kind of stuff i'd, I'd say yeah well, I guess um, we'll leave it there. So I just want to, like, one last thing for anybody who wants to check you out, where can they find you? Yeah, I guess uh, so. Yeah, there's uh, there's all the usual. So just Brass Phantoms uh, on Instagram. Uh, Brass Phantoms, if you search it on Facebook, if you're typing it on Facebook, it's got to be BP Dublin because uh, Facebook wouldn't use wouldn't let us put Brass Phantoms in our URL because it has the word ass. What? <laughs> 
Yeah, it came up as a. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> this, this was like Facebook.com forward slash Brass Phantoms is flagged as offensive. So it says that's that. hilarious. I know. I was so surprised, and then I was like, I was "What be your ass mean?" <laughs> hey man, I could think of loads of things. <laughs> Brit ass phantoms. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, guys. Well, I uh, uh, Spotify. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Oh yeah, Spotify. Platforms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the, the important ones. And holding, uh, holding out for horrors is out now to listen to as well. If anybody wants the debut album, I highly recommend it. So, guys, thank, thank you so you, much sir. for that. I really, really appreciate you coming you on. Much. Um, that was really, really fun. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Thanks so, so much for having us. Thank you so much. Uh, I can't thank you. Best luck with it. No problem. Forward to hearing all the other. Cheers. Thank you.